This is Wyman and Bob on Seattle Sports, powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. Streaming live on the Seattle Sports app and at seattlesports.com. Now, here are your hosts, Dave Wyman and Bob Stelton. We got mean text coming up at 545, so you guys still have some time to get creative with the mean things you want to say to us, which you do anyway throughout the week. Yeah, they... It's spread into Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. <laughs> Don't send them on Monday. Come on, man. Start, Everybody hates Mondays. There's no way to start the week. Yeah. Saying mean things to us, hurtful things, trying to hurt our feelings. That's not nice. You know those people that send those things in on Monday? They're on the weed. They're on the weed. <laughs> They're all stoned. Bunch of pot smokers. Bunch of stoners. Uh, 866-979-3776, powered by Mac and Jack's Brewing Company. Uh, that is the uh, text line for your mean text. We are hoping to catch up with our Mariners insider, Shannon Dreyer, here. She's going straight to voicemail. Apparently, she's busy. Maybe yeah. she's interviewing somebody. She's getting the inside scoop on something. Well, maybe she can share it with us here in a few minutes. But yeah. Yeah, it'll be good to talk to Shannon. She's been down there the whole time. I don't think we've gotten a chance to talk to her yet. But, uh, yeah, and she's going to be our hostess when we are down there as well. So, How is she as a hostess? You've already done that She's before. phenomenal. Yeah, and actually, there was one time her and I, <laughs> I don't know how we got in this conversation it was, you know, it was, we were sitting in the in the front room, and we were talking about David Letterman, and mm-hmm. then there was something about a bear that broke into David Letterman's house or something, and then so, you know, we had this mad dash to the computer. We were, like, trying to look it up, and, there, and it was really funny, and yeah, it was... It, it's good. She she does a great job, and uh, yeah, she was uh, a very nice hostess. Did she very make nice. any of those? Uh, what does she call those brownies? Like uh, oh, uh, the blondies. Blondies. I was going to say goldies. Yeah, blondies. Did yeah. she make any of those? Yeah, okay. I I might bribe her with whatever she wants. Like I'll bring <laughs> in order you, to make those. I'll bring you something, whatever you want. Yeah, and uh, if you make those, because yeah. they're really good. Yeah, those are those are becoming legends. So yes. we'll. Uh, We'll uh, see about the and, and the other more pressing question. Did you see any scorpions oh, over there? No, okay. I did not. And, you know, that's a more – the scorpions are – when you punch into the desert with a, you know, a home and, you know, a development, that's where you get them. You know, these new where, where construction – Disrupted the ground, exactly. disrupted the environment. And the scorpions don't leave. But, like, down in Scotts – when I lived in downtown Scottsdale in a in a uh, – a condo, there's never, never saw one. Did you see snakes? I did see a rattlesnake one time on uh, Camelback Mountain. I would have moved. I had <laughs> these two people. They were from the East Coast. They told, volunteered that. They came running back down, the, and I'm going up the trail, and I'm like, what, what's wrong? She's like, there's a rattlesnake up there on the trail. And I'm like, oh, did you, like, throw rocks at it or something? No. Like, they thought it was going to leap. 30 feet and, you know, bite them right in the jugular. I can't blame them. I would have had the same reaction really? running the other. You would have just, you wouldn't even have seen me, Dave. You would have just felt a gust of wind go by <laughs> you <laughs> and maybe some screaming. I'm not sure. But no, yeah. I I grew up in, I don't know, it wasn't rattlesnake country, but like when I was a kid, I, I killed a rattlesnake and when I was fishing and yeah, so uh, um, yeah, you won't see any of that. But uh, I thought you were going to ask, the big question is, are there bunk beds? Oh, <laughs> well, this, I don't think you top? would. I don't think you well, would. Who gets know. to be on top? <laughs> I got to. I got to go top bunk. I'm claustrophobic. Uh, uh, but, okay. But 
yeah, we'll 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 see what the what the setup is there if we can get her on the phone. But yeah, it's it's I'm excited just to go down there and watch some games and just you know take a look. Now I don't know what I guess depending on how teams do in the World Baseball Classic will dictate who's out there playing with the team because you got guys you know whether it's Teoscar or Julio or or uh, Brash you know. Uh, Ford, all these players are, are going to play for their respective teams in the WBC, and depending on how their teams do, will dictate how long they're going to be away from the from Mariners camp. So, I guess in a way, I'm kind of rooting for their teams not to do great, so that they'll be there when we're there. Yeah, I <laughs> a, I'm being selfish about it, but I, I want to see them play. I want to see them in spring. I don't want them out there. I don't want to hear about what they're doing in the World Baseball Classic. I want to front and center, get my eyes on them. Yeah, exactly. Hey, you know. Today, Murphy, Tom Murphy had a good day. He was three for three. I think he had a home run today, a couple RBIs, and uh, they're in really good shape at catcher. And that's what something Rick told us behind the plate, man. I, going in, I'm trying to remember sort of what we were thinking. I mean, Cal, he got sent down. Remember, service had the whole story about that, and he's like, yeah. he was kind of, he was kind of mad, and you know, he came back and just had some really good, timely hits, and I just. I don't know. The last I don't remember the last time we went, you know, into spring training and coming out of spring training thinking that way that wow, we're really set behind the plate. Yeah, it was well, remember last year before Murphy got hurt, I was kind of wondering what do you what are they doing with three catchers because you had Luis Torrens, right? You had Murphy and then you you had Cal and they were talking about doing like a rotation of the three and like in in the regular season, not spring and I'm like, well, how does that help develop Cal, he's going to be playing how often? I, I thought Murphy would be the the main guy. You know, he would be your primary catcher, I guess, going in anyway. And that that you know, then it would be a battle between Luis Torrens and, and Cal to you know get what's left. And it just is. And then you know, obviously the injury happened, and and things turned out the way that it did, which is great. Not the injury, but the, how things ended up for Cal. But it just it seemed like that doesn't feel productive. You yeah. know, to share to share reps when you're talking about. And Cal, he's a little older than some of the other young guys that we talk about in terms of, you know, Julio just turning 22. Uh, Kelnick's going to be turning 24, I think, in July or something like that. He's 23 years old. So it's, you know, I think he's 20, might be 26 now. I'll look it up, but he's 25. Um, So you just felt like, all right, it's time to see. It's time to see if he's the guy. It wasn't so much, hey, Cal's the man. You got to get him all these reps. It was more like, well, let's find out if he's the guy or not. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, and, you know, I'm really excited about that, but also the pitching. Marco, Marco had a good day today. Yeah. Uh, you know, gave up three hits, had three strikes and, and three and two thirds innings. And, you know, I, I think he's was maybe a little bit of a question mark. Like, what's he going to be like this year? He's always kind of, but he's such a, you know, such a great leader and, and such a, he's really a good baseball player. So, we, you know, I, I, I kind of worry a little bit about him that like, is this it for him? He's kind of getting up in age and I love seeing him be, uh, be solid because uh, he, uh, he, I think he's a, he's a leader on that team. Yeah. He's really important. Well, he's, he's huge. I mean, he is, he's one of the few veterans that's been here. That's, you know, you've got veterans that, that come over from other situations, which eventually they can become leaders, but they don't come in that way. You know, I think Robbie's a guy that's maybe starting to develop into that, but it's a pitcher and you always hear, you know, these are, it's harder for the pitcher to be the leader on your team right. because they're yeah. only out there every five days. You know, as far as position players, your veteran guys were, 
Kyle Seeger, Mitch Hanniger, they're both gone. So now it falls on like J.P. Crawford. J.P.'s your guy who's who's been there. So you look you look to him. You look to right. Tom Murphy. Yeah, it's interesting that uh, you know the the division of you know everyday players and the pitching staff and how and, you know we heard this story about Robbie Ray that he sort of wanted to contribute and say something you know as far as being a leader and a voice in the clubhouse and he was sort of reticent because he's like well I'm a pitcher you know and mm. or uh, but you hear from him and i know service encouraged him to uh to speak up and he did and then the other one is luis castillo and i don't know how verbal he is but just his presence is is pretty pretty awesome and then you got marco as well so there's some some really good leadership coming from uh from a place that's not normal i mean usually yeah. it's not uh, it's not your your pitching staff that where all the leadership's coming from so we'll continue to try to get a hold of uh, Shannon Dre, our Mariners insider, talk baseball with her. But in the meantime, uh, some things surrounding the Seahawks that I that I sent you last night. Um, we saw that that Greg Bell wrote a story talking about the Seahawks, and the quote were keenly interested, keenly interested, Dave, in bringing back Bobby Wagner. Now, where that comes from, I'm not sure. I, who knows if that's true or not? We asked John Schneider about it a couple of weeks ago, and at the time, Bobby wasn't officially. Uh, a free agent, so he couldn't really comment on it. But how, how would that work? Because I feel like it works if Jordan Brooks isn't ready to go. Mm-hmm. But if Jordan Brooks is ready to go, and that's the that's still a valid question. We don't know how the healing process and how he bounces back from this injury. But let's just play a hypothetical. Jordan Brooks is healthy. He's there in training camp. He's he's a hundred percent. He's ready to go. How does Bobby fit? They yeah. play the same spot. I don't I don't really see that but I mean if it's a 3-4 still and yeah. you're running you know the weak inside guy you're you're the will I, I mean I think if if they're serious about which I don't think it's going to happen that would just be my guess I don't I don't see them going back to to that I think the same thing and we'll talk about it later maybe Wait Sha- which you don't see him going Shaquille back Griffin. to 4-3 or you don't see him no, going no, back to Bobby going back to Bobby Okay yeah I was going to bring up Shaquille Griffin as well that you know there's some thoughts of signing him I don't I just don't see them going back to getting Bobby back here and but I don't think it would be a huge difference or a big difficulty if you you leave Brooks at the strong side inside linebacker which is the mic basically Um, I think it's more pronounced when you have a 4-3 that if you're the middle guy there's a bit bigger difference between the guy who's on the weak side and the guy who's on the strong side in the middle whereas those two are kind of interchangeable they can be i think the mike and the will and the in the three four so to me i don't really see that as being a problem and then if they did bring bobby back i think it would be under the condition that hey we want jordan brooks to be a leader we want him to call the huddle he's going to have the green dot that we just need this even though bobby is you know obviously like a coach practically out there. Mm-hmm. Um, and if there was that understanding, I would think that would be the way they would go. That would be my prediction. I'm just, it's listen, I get the nostalgia. I get, I'm a Bobby Wagner fan. I'm a Seahawks fan. He's part of maybe the best era of Seahawks football. They won a Super Bowl. They went to another Super Bowl. They were in the playoffs basically every year. So he's part of this golden era, and he was a major, major part of it. I mean, he's the greatest linebacker in the history of this organization. He'll be in the ring of honor. He's, you know... All, every accolade there is, you, you, he deserves. Having said that, I'm just trying to figure out, does he make you better? I, I think we get we fall in love with players and we remember who they were at their peak. 
he's not that guy. And I understand he had some good moments with, with the Rams last year. But I think if he were close to the guy that he was at his peak, they wouldn't have let him get out of there. He was he was locked up, and I understand they're trying to work their salary, and maybe they could have reworked his deal if they really felt it imperative to keep him there. I just don't know that he's that guy anymore. And I, we as fans get stuck into who they were. It was like Marshawn, bring Marshawn back. He's going to be the the guy that he was again, and he and he wasn't. It's just it's not a fair expectation. Bobby, I think can still play certainly, and I think you know if you're. If Brooks isn't ready to go, maybe he is a good solution for a bit. But it's kind of more of a Band-Aid in the moment type of move the way I see it as opposed to we're bringing in a difference maker because I, I just don't feel like he's the guy that he was. Yeah, I, I thought he played as well as he's played in the last three or four years last year. Uh, I mean, he, first of all, they used him well. They They blitzed him a lot, and mm-hmm. he got six sacks. I always thought that they should have sent him more. He's really a good pass rusher for a second-level guy, meaning you're off the ball. You're not on the line of scrimmage all the time. I thought he was the best at that in the entire NFL. And then, you know, he was he was a lot more physical, taking on blocks and things like that. The The last couple years, my only criticism, and he's a Hall of Famer and just, a, just an awesome leader in every respect of a football player, but... The last couple of years, there were a lot of times, and I don't know if this is the way they were using him, where he was not very ferocious at the point of attack. You know, it was it was kind of catching blocks a little bit too much, backing up, things like that. So, you know, but he's a he's a fantastic player. But you know, here's the other thing: with John Schneider and Pete Carroll during that era, John Schneider has only given out a third contract five times. Five times, and that's Bobby Wagner, number one. Mm -hmm. And so they've already had him on a a third contract. Michael Bennett was the other, just for curiosity's sake. Russell Wilson, Cam Chancellor, and Tyler Lockett. So those are, you know, that's rare air that you you do that. I just, I see them, okay, yeah, they gave Bobby a third contract. I just, I think they've moved on from him. And that would be that would be my prediction, but I'm, I'm not sure. Greg probably heard something that uh, you know made him think that yeah. That and I think everybody connects the dots and goes, yeah, of course he's going to come back here because it's Bobby Wagner. We all know Bobby Wagner. Same thing with Shaquille Griffin, right? It's like, oh yeah, he was here. You know, yeah. like we, we talked about with Geno Smith. I mean, if somebody knows him, then he's more likely to to sign there. They know him as well as you can know a guy. Yeah, but I, I don't I don't see them going back to that. I don't think that would, I don't think it would necessarily impede the pro- progress of Jordan Brooks. But I, I, you know, if they if they did it right, he could still develop into the leader that they that they want him to be. But I don't. I'm not sure that that's uh, that's that's going to happen. Yeah, and, and people are you know texting in, and I saw it as well on his Twitter page. There's the back, you know, there's a little picture of whatever you want your avatar, and then there's a background picture on your Twitter page, and his is now of Seattle. It's like a Seattle skyline shot. Who's his? Bobby's. Uh, so people are taking that to come back, connect the dots, and Quandre's put on a full court press on getting him back here on social mm-hmm. media. He's you know, let's get this going. Twelve, let's get. And he's tagging Bobby. Let's get Wagner back here. I mean. Quandre has made it very clear he'd love to have Bobby Wagner back here. So, yeah, I you know we'll we'll see what happens with it. I don't know what uh, you know. I'd be interested to see what Pete and John think of that. Is just is there a value? Is there is there a way to incorporate him and make it work? I don't know. We'll find out. The other one you bring up, Shaq Griffin. I sent you the story 
uh, reporter out there saying he will be cut from uh, Jacksonville, making it sound like it's not even a question that it's going to happen. If they they were talking about trying to trade him, um, I guess he's coming off a back injury from last year, but they're talking about trying to trade him, but the likelihood is they're going to have to cut him. So I'm looking at that going, okay, is that somebody you bring in maybe for depth even, or is he still a guy that I'm sure he wants to be a starter? I don't know if he is a starter anywhere else in the league, but maybe as a depth piece, if you're if you're not feeling great about your depth at cornerback and you know this guy, is that a realistic move, or do you feel like nah, he's not, he doesn't really fit the way they're playing these days? Yeah, I don't, I don't see that one either, um, and. I think the reason is, first of all, they've got a lot of really good corners right now. Well, not a lot, but I I would say that there's three starting corners that are possibly that they have there, one of them being Kobe Bryant. I think he can always move to the outside and play corner if you've got a a good nickel guy. And then, you know, you've you've got Michael Jackson, who I thought, you know, there was, I guess there was some times that he, he wasn't the best, but he made a lot of good plays. He's very physical. I like Michael Jackson. I think, I think he's... I mean, he he would start for me, but mm-hmm. you know, you've also got Trey Brown in in the the making. So if they can get him back here on some friendly deal, and you know, maybe he is a mentor to Trey Brown and the younger guys. Yeah, I guess so. I just I just it just seems like a weird. I'm trying to remember like they brought Marshawn back, but that was in like a really desperate situation. Yeah, him and Turbo back. Him and Turbin both. Um, I'm trying to remember anybody else though that they've. Well, they brought Bennett back, but it, he was still a young guy because he was initially oh, here. Yeah. He left and then went yeah, to Tampa really, Bay and came back. That's not a yeah. I guess that's a different situation, but yeah, they they cut him. Yeah, Marshawn <laughs> came back. Did anybody else come back? I uh, yeah, not not that I can not that I can remember. So yeah, I'm. I'm it just doesn't seem like their style. Yeah. You know, now that doesn't really have anything to do with their playing ability. Oh, Bruce Servant. They brought Bruce Servant back. Okay, there you go. So there's Bruce. one. Yeah, and Bruce was brought back for that reason. And remember, he thought his uh, phone was on silent. Or <laughs> on do not disturb. Do not disturb. <laughs> uh, but uh, but yeah, I mean, he is. Uh... Oh, by the way, we got mean text coming in from Adam Ray. Incoming, okay, incoming. Anyway, so um, <laughs> so yeah, I don't. I mean, I guess uh, look, the role that Bruce Irvin was brought in for was to hey give us some some pass rush, but it also it was. Work with these young guys, you know, like, boy, I remember Bruce talking about, which is so funny to hear him because I, I still look at him as a young guy. He was the first round pick in the best draft supposedly ever in the NFL 2012 where they got Bobby and, and Russ in that draft. But, you know, he was he was brought in to be kind of a leader for these young guys. And mm-hmm. Bobby would certainly fit that role. Certainly. And he's got the, he clearly has the respect of the guys on the roster, as you yeah. been evidenced by Quandre and other names are being texted in Quentin Jefferson. Was brought back. Oh, okay. Yeah, uh, that's right. Maxwell. Maxwell. Maxie, they brought Maxie back, and then he wasn't the same. Yeah. Uh, Coleman, another one they brought back, yeah. not the same. Okay. So they've done it, I guess, to varying degrees of success. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, I guess I don't I don't see those guys except for Irvin as being, like, the big front-line guys. I mean, they're, they weren't. Like legendary, yeah. Not that Shaquille was, but yeah. Bobby certainly, and and so yeah. You're saying Turbo, and we yeah, we talked about Marshawn and Turbo, yeah. And again, the two they've done it. You know, if, we, if we're keeping a scorecard of hey, how did it work out? Pretty much not great most of the time. 
you know, you got some level of contribution, but then not close to what they were when they were here the first time, certainly. Right. And that includes Bruce. He had some good moments, but was he the same player? No. He's, he's not the same player. Uh, and you'll love this, Dave. Jared and Sumner says, had Wagner as the highest rated middle linebacker. I don't know if that's true. I haven't looked at their site, but pro we'll, football we'll, focus. Yeah, we'll take Jared at his word. And, and well, get, last year, if they they did, I, I might actually agree with them. I mean, he. Why he, would the Rams let him go then? He played really well, but yeah, I don't know. You know, that's that's interesting because yeah, there was a couple of times where I saw him, you know, going under blocks and things like that, and you know. Maybe they were like, "Hey, we can't have that." I don't know, I don't know, but um, I don't. Know. He's obviously a really good guy and a really good player. Somebody said Brandon Browner. They brought Browner back. I don't remember that. Big Al Al Woods. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, a player of this stature. Yeah, you know, I mean, I like- yeah, a, a guy who was a pillar, a star. It'd be like bringing Russell back, bringing right. Bobby back. You know, Marshawn would probably be the closest in the way of bringing back a guy who was a superstar here. Yeah. But it was such a desperate time. I mean, they yeah. were down what three running backs. So. He was. Uh, they pulled him off the couch. Was he? Was he tailgating out in the parking lot at a game or something? We like <laughs> yeah. a week or two before that. Uh, you know, I mean, he come on. You know, so yeah, that was that was a desperate time for them. They they were looking for familiarity and somebody to just hang on to the ball, somebody who can run the ball because. Was that the year that it was Mike Davis that led the team in rushing with just over 250 yards? That was 17. Yeah, and yeah. Russ, Russell was your leading rusher overall, but your leading rusher in terms of running backs was Mike Davis, and I believe it was like 254, 256, something like that, where you're like, oh, my goodness. Right around 300. <laughs> by the way, yeah, good job by the uh, by the textures here. So we're like, okay, who else did they bring back? And yeah. they came up with a good list here. So, But, yeah, I, I, just, I just mean as far as the way – I don't know, the departure and everything. I guess that means that Bobby's not, if he's open to it, that he, he wouldn't be, um, that he wasn't pissed off about the way that they handled it like we, we heard about. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, Maybe he, again, if, if if he's, and I understand the Rams have salary cap issues, He's there are a lot of players that make a lot more money than him on that team that they could restructure. They All I'm saying if, is if he's the best middle linebacker in the NFL, I don't think they're letting him go. I think they find a way, hey, Bobby, we we got problems with our salary cap. We're going to need to restructure your deal. We're now going to turn this into a bonus, and we're going to push this money here. That's what they do. Yeah. That's what every team does when they want to keep a player, but they've got to work the cap. This is what we're going to do. We're not going to let this guy get away, but we've got to figure out how to financially make this work. Here's how we're going to do it. Inst- yeah. Instead, they both said, nah, we're good. All right. Yeah, that's too bad for Bobby, too. I know he's from L.A., and I think he liked uh, he liked playing down there and had a really good, successful year. Yeah. All right. So as you heard Dave say, mean text coming up in uh, about 20 minutes or so. So you've got some time. 866-979-3776, powered by Mac and Jack's Brewing Company. So get your mean text in before then. Meanwhile, we'll come back. Should we take the bait? Some some say don't take the bait when it comes to certain players. We had Brent Stecker tell me that about a certain player the other day. Don't take the bait, Bob. Don't buy into it. It's spring training. Uh, but should when it comes to Kelnick and a couple of others, should we buy into the version we're seeing right now? We'll get into that next with Wyman and Bob. This is Seattle Sports on 710. Wyman and Bob. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. On Seattle Sports and the Seattle Sports app. We got mean text coming up in about 15 minutes. 
Get them in, 866-979-3776, powered by Mac and Jack's Brewing Company. But before that, we've been able to track her down, Dave. We have found her. She is safe. You can't hide from us, Shannon. <laughs> yeah, we had, we had Matt. Matt was just going bulldog on her. He was just, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to track her down. I'm going to find her. Our Mariners insider, Shannon Dreher, is with us on the Emerald Queen Casino Sportsbook Hotline. Hello, Shannon. Hi, guys. I am so sorry. That's okay. That's okay. That's all right. You hey, got, you know, oh, we got some leverage, Bob. What's that? Well, if I say, hey, Shannon, remember that time you get, you dodged us on our show? Uh, <laughs> it'd be all will be forgiven if you make your brownies, your blondies. <laughs> How about that? The morning show and Cal Raleigh got them this morning, and I guess oh. they were a hit. So, yes, I will make them again. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll buy you anything you want, Shannon, as long as you make those. <laughs> wow. Yeah. There we go. Well, hey, uh, you know, we've we've been spending a lot of time talking about, you know, different individuals, just looking at numbers. We're not able to watch all these games, as you know, so we're kind of looking at box scores and listening to the games. But, you know, we were talking about Kelnick in particular, and because obviously he's a huge story and all the hype that came with him. And we always dismiss spring training numbers, Shannon, whether they're good or bad. We're kind of like, yeah, that's, you know, don't take it too seriously at spring. But for him, I feel like it's different. I feel like him having success and seeing that ball leave the yard and seeing that ball land in the outfield and just moments of success, I think maybe maybe the spring means more to him than it otherwise would for another player. Do you agree with that? I would agree with it um, to an extent. And, and I've been saying all along, we're just not going to know with him until he gets into the regular season because that's where his problem's been. We've seen him hit the ball everywhere but in the big league games with great consistency we know what he can do but that said yeah he's the type of player that we also think you know confidence is a big part of it and uh, he knows what he can be I'm sure it's even more frustrating knowing that you can do that and not have it come out at the appropriate times so I think that you know there is there is nothing bad about coming out here and hitting a bunch of home runs and uh, you're not going to discount it too much in that regard when it comes to the mental side of the game. And I think that's big. Confidence is a huge part of his game. So I'm not going to look at the numbers and say, hey, he hit 600 in spring. He's going to have a great spring um, or he's going to have a great regular season. I still need to see it in the regular season. But, yeah, it's much better that he go into the regular season having that confidence than if he isn't getting results in the spring. Hey, Shannon, um, we're talking to Rick Riz today, and he pointed out something I'd forgotten, that when Tom Murphy got hurt, he was batting 300. And, um, you know, he had a good day today, and seemed like they're really set behind the plate. That's uh, I'm trying to remember the last time that they they felt this good about their, their catchers. Uh, they've, yeah, well, probably the last time Tom Murphy was healthy because you knew Cal Raleigh was coming and then you lost Tom Murphy. Uh, and the offense with the catcher in the system is usually kind of extra because they put so much on them on the defensive side on handling the pitching staff. And, you know, their planning is, is just so thorough and it takes a lot of studying. They have a pitcher's meeting every single day and it's not with the pitchers. It's with the coaching staff, the analysts, and it, it, there are 12 people in these meetings or on a call with these meetings to go through what they want to do with their pitching in that day. And the catcher has got to know how to execute all of it. And it, it's a huge job just handling the pitching staff. But when they can hit and it's an offensive position, obviously so, so important. And if Tom Murphy can come back and – do some of the damage that he was doing when he was going good, 
that certainly is going to have an impact on the team. One of the things I'll keep my eye on, and Scott Service is not afraid to do this, conventionally you don't like to have your second catcher as your DH. There's a big zero. He could get hurt, and then who's going to come into the game? Scott Service isn't afraid of that because he also realizes that even if something happens within one game, you can probably get a catcher up from the minors the next. So if Murphy is hitting, are we going to see him a little bit more in the DH spot? I think that would be uh, you know, a plus for the Mariners who are using that spot to give guys rest, but you don't really have kind of an established uh, bigger bat. And when Murphy is going good, you know he's got some pop in that bat. So it'll be interesting to watch how that kind of unfolds. One thing we read today, Shannon, that didn't make me feel great because we love this guy and the, the potential of him being out there is he could be a difference maker. And Evan White, and you know we're all waiting for him to be able to hit at the major league level like Kelnick, but we, defensively he's special. He's just different, and you've seen it. And and he's kind of been a story out there. He's looking good, he home run, all this stuff. And then today they say he's out with just general soreness. Now anybody else, you'd go, oh, okay, that's no big deal. Are, are they just handling him with kid gloves because he's had so many injuries that he's had to deal with? Or is there any reason to be concerned? What, what's your take on that? Well, I think I'm with you on that one and that, yeah, there is going to be concern because of the history. But what they were telling us when we talked to Scott Service about it after the game is, is that you know they've had the conversations with Evan coming back. He's missed almost two full years. Uh, hip can be very problematic. He had the surgery on the hip and just a real tough comeback from that as well. But what they saw at the end of last year in the minors and what they've been seeing in the spring is so enticing. I mean, there was some question if he would have the same range and be able to do the same things at first base. We've absolutely seen it, and it is different. We like Ty France over there, but until you have it in front of you and actually see the plays that he makes and how smooth he is over there, you forget. It's special. There's no question about that. And, you know, there's a possibility if there's a need that he could go to the outfield, but it's not going to happen at the start, he's going to need at bats. So there is absolutely no need to rush him through anything. And they sat him down early on in spring training, according to Scott Service, and said, "Just be upfront with us. Don't you don't need to hide anything. If you're feeling sore, you've got plenty of time. Let's do this right. You know, we need you ready April 1st or March 30th or whenever they break camp. And that would only be if there was an injury, but they would like him playing and playing every day as soon as possible. So in spring training, this is not the time to try and push through something. So Mm -hmm. I think there was actually a little bit of relief that he actually came to them and said, you know what? I am feeling a little sore today. You know, this might be a good day to take off. And I did see him earlier in the day and there didn't seem to be any concern with anything. He did go through the morning work and it wasn't a situation where something happened and there was some sort of injury. So, yeah, I, I'm always going to be a little bit cautious with somebody who's had the injury history he has, and especially somebody that we would love to see make an impact on this team this year. But there was no signs that this was anything more than what Scott Service said it was after the game and that we should see him tomorrow or the next day. You know, you just mentioned something in relation to him that I've, I've, has been counterintuitive to me because others have said it, and that's the idea of him playing in the outfield. And not that he couldn't do it. We hear over and over what a great athlete he is, and he's played out in the outfield before. It's not new, but for a guy that's got this history of injuries and, and lower body injuries, he had the whole hip thing going on and all that. It, it that feels counterintuitive to me to have him out there and you know sprinting and planting and cutting and potentially running into walls and doing all those things where that kind of movement is is more limited at first base. Does that 
seem like an appealing move to I know if he were hitting you want him in the lineup and all that but to have him in the outfield for a guy that's been as in as injured as he's been does that seem like a good idea well I mean the question is is he healed now you know is he on a path to he's back to a hundred percent and that will be up to the trainers to decide now I do know that down here in Arizona there was no plan to put him in the outfield early on we could see it toward the end of spring training but they want to make sure that he feels great at first base and that's his most comfortable position so as he is coming back and he's not just now coming back I mean he was playing at the end of last season it's not like he's just coming off a surgery or anything like that but they want him at his most comfortable so we will uh, you know at least for the first couple of weeks here definitely see him at first base and it's something we'll just have to see if they put him out there first base if you play it the way he does could be pretty physical too in a second game he made a dive to his left a dive to his right and i think that that would probably be as taxing on the hip as anything else and it, it was no problem for him so is it ideal that he would be in the outfield no and it, it's not the first place he would be but if he were hitting and if they needed to bring him up and if there were a need, I think that probably will remain an option until they see something that, you know, as you're saying, kind of along the lines of what you're saying, tells them that, no, you really shouldn't do this. Shannon, we appreciate it. I'm glad you're safe and we, we tracked you down to <laughs> make sure you're healthy and, 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 and good, good spirits out there. So this is very good news for everybody. We, we appreciate it and we will, uh, we'll be talking to you soon. Yeah, and we'll see you soon, too. Absolutely. Yeah. Can't wait. Thanks, Can't Shannon. Wait. Thanks, Shannon. All right, guys. There you go. Our Mariners insider, Shannon Dreyer, joining us live from Peoria, where we'll, we will be in just a couple of weeks. So it's going to be a lot of fun, and, and we'll see all this up close and personal. Meanwhile, we got Mean Text coming up next. you still got a few minutes left if you want to get in your uh, Mean Shots. Just be creative. 866-979-3776. Powered by Mac and Jack's Brewing Company. It's coming up next with Wyman and Bob. This is Seattle Sports on 710. Wyman and Bob. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. On Seattle Sports and the Seattle Sports app. Boy, these come quick, don't they? Seems like we just did mean text. Maybe it's because we read them every day, Dave. <laughs> hey, if somebody comes up with something funny, we can't just wait wait for Friday. Yeah, we, we just... To take you behind the curtain, we often share the mean things you say to us throughout the week. We don't do it on the air, but I'll be like, Dave, did you see this one? Did you see this one? (laughs) Funny's funny. Even at our expense, we love it. We love it. So for those of you new to the program, this is what we do every Friday. Unveil some of your more creative, mean things you say to us. Uh, The the really clever ones, too, are the ones that... um that in, include something from the show. Right. So <laughs> there was one I can't I can't find it now, but it was like uh, the other night my wife couldn't sleep, so I told her to go to the Wyman and Bob podcast and click subscribe so she could go to sleep. <laughs> yeah. Oh, here it is. Because Bob yeah. says that every day, every day, every day. It's part of the program. Yeah. yeah. My wife couldn't sleep the other night and told me to click to sus- click to subscribe so she could listen and fall asleep quick. <laughs> so I love that. There you go. There you go. And we got, of course, we've got some submissions from our buddy Adam Ray. I'm not even sure where he's at in the country, but. I'm not sure where he's at in his head space. <laughs> That's what... We always preview those during the break. <laughs> I asked him about the randomness, just the, the, the things he comes up with. And his response was, comedy has no roadmap. <laughs> so I was like, good answer. That's a good answer. Uh, uh, yeah, do you want to read some of his? Yeah, go for it. 
Dave has the eyes of a guy whose idea of Sunday fun day is drinking a case of Coors Light, taking a scooter through a Wendy's drive through and ordering a cake. Yours <laughs> <laughs> is kind of creepy. Which one was that? Reenacting uh, the scene from Titanic. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, let's see. Bob has the body of a guy who stares at himself in the mirror nude and recreates the scene from Titanic where Rose asks Jack to paint her. <laughs> the hell? Matt's behind the glass is going, what the hell? <laughs> okay. I, I, this is just, I'm reading it. I didn't say this. Salk has the face of a man who wipes his butt after he pees. I, I I'm sorry. I didn't. Sorry, listeners. I, I had to. Oh, I had to. Let's see. What else do we got? Goodness. Oh, that is quite a quite a visual there. Let's uh, see. I would read this now one. I regret having read that one. This this one's me, this one's mean to to Vince Scully. I I, don't, I can't do this one. Oh, Vince Scully. Yeah. I can't go there. I can't okay, do this. One. Don't do it. It's clever. It's a shot at me, but it kind of. You know what that last one I read? You know what we heard earlier in the show or earlier from Boz? Haunting. Haunting. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Having read that, that haunts me. Yeah. It's going to haunt me the entire weekend. Seriously, if you guys didn't hear the interview with uh, with uh, Brian Bosworth, I would highly recommend. Check that, that out great. on the podcast page yeah. after the show at seattlesports.com. Uh, Lefko is the guy at the bar who asked. <laughs> Who asks if the complimentary nuts are vegan, then orders a mojito in an offensive accent. <laughs> an offensive accent. <laughs> oh, oh, too bad Lefko's not here. Oh, the ones oh. at Lefko's expense are always my favorite. I know, but just the idea. I just picture him doing it and smiling. I don't understand why he's mad. What, what did he do wrong? The 253 said, the show sounds less whiny without Lefko. And I take that as a compliment. <laughs> there you go. Well, That's commentary on you, Matt. Uh, Lefko has the face of a guy who cleans his toothbrush in the dishwasher. <laughs> All right. The 253 says, what number do you use on the sleep number bed to sleep through this snoozer of a show? <laughs> oh, man, now they're hitting your endorsements as well. Uh, 253 just said, I like the Salk one. <laughs> yeah. Not me. It, uh, it haunts me. It's, you're haunted. You're haunted. Let's see. What else do we got here? Uh, Dave's autobiography would be entitled Dave Wyman, Too Stupid to Live, Too Rare to Die. Says the 425. Okay. Nice <laughs> 425, I guess. Uh, Wyman sounds like CTE on Xanax. Yikes. Mm. That is mean. Yeah, that is mean. Uh, I saw some earlier that I scrolled past. From the 206, an hour with Bob and Dave is like a third and 16. Sometimes you get what you need, but the odds are against it. <laughs> That's good. That's nice. Let's see. Oh, also earlier you were explaining uh, Bobby Wagner's Twitter profile to Dave. Oh, right, right. Bob explaining Twitter to Dave reminded me of the last time I had to help my grandmother set up her Wi-Fi. <laughs> <laughs> you should have heard yesterday, Matt, when I was like, how do they enter the names? Like when you get a text and it says Matt from Olympia or whatever. And uh, we had a conversation about how to get that done. That was, I, I think you would have laughed. 
Yeah, it so was. I was like, wait, well, who enters it? Because Bob was like, well, we, we enter it. I'm like, well, well who enters it? And then <laughs> well, that was Lefko a nice back chimed and forth. in. <laughs> also, Lefko did try to tell me that I saw something, and I explained it, and he tried to tell me that I didn't see it. It was Chris Egan doing oh, a pickleball right. thing. That's not a commercial. And I was like, yeah, there was a commercial <laughs> that Egan was on, and it's a, yeah, it's a commercial, and uh, he's playing pickleball. And then he's like, that's not a commercial. And I'm like, Mike. I saw the commercial. <laughs> I saw it. I know, he I, was just looking at you like, you don't know what you're seeing. That's uh, not a commercial. Yeah, well, if that's a promo. Saw, Mike, I saw the commercial. <laughs> like, no, you didn't. Uh, that no, was didn't. funny. Uh, let's see. This this one from Adam. Brock has the face of a guy who makes up his own inspirational quotes. Like, if you don't push yourself, you won't know what it's like to get pushed. And we all got to get pushed or shoved. Shoving is pushing, but for losers, don't be a loser. Then he crushes a can of Mountain Dew on his forehead. <laughs> Brock making up his own inspirational quotes. If you don't push, you won't know what it's like to get pushed. Some of the little uh, things that he puts in there, like a Sunday fun day. Yeah. I mean, just, I don't know where that dude's mind goes, but it's funny. What do you say? No roadmap for comedy? <laughs> comedy has no roadmap. Now, this is just throwing up all over your keyboard. Wyman stinks, and he's old. I mean, see, yeah. I think they were trying to go for the the bleep you, Dave, like the the brevity yeah. and the conciseness of it. I like Just, that. Yeah, yeah. Text that in. <laughs> you like bleep those. you, Dave? <laughs> yeah, Let's see. If Dave was summed up by an article of clothing, he'd be khakis. Just meh. Mm. And they said Lefko is the popcorn flavored Jelly Belly. <laughs> What's <laughs> Which you don't like. Hate it. Hate it. 253 texting in, just trying to get under my skin, I guess. Pound sign, single high safety. (laughs) They should have wrote it out. Pound sign. Spelled it out. Pound sign. That's so good. All right. Good stuff from you guys. Again, if you're new to the program, we do that every Friday. We try to collect them during the week when you say the other mean things you say, but we unveil them every Friday. All right, everybody, that does it for us. Great show today. In case you missed any of it, do yourself a favor and go to the podcast page. We talked to Mariner legend Rick Riz. He is a legend, and he's truly one of the nicest people you could ever hope to speak with. We talked to Riz. We talked to the great Brian Bosworth, a really, really good introspective conversation with him. And our Mariners insider, Shannon Dreyer. That's a trifecta of fun right there with those three. So go check it out on the podcast page at seattlesports.com. Click the podcast tab. Scroll down to our picture. Click on that, and it's right there waiting for you as it is each and every day after the show. And you can make Wyman happy. You can make Lefko happy. You can make our buddy Matt happy by clicking subscribe. That way you never have to bother again, and they're full of joy, at least through the weekend. Have a great weekend, everybody. We're back on Monday after the Mariner game, right here with Wyman and Bob, Seattle Sports on 710.